0: Art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. Emerald City Video, this is Russ. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? (sighs) Hello and welcome to the Emerald City Video Podcast. Uh, This is Russ and that is Zach. Hello. And uh, we are doing a new episode of the new release wall, uh, which uh, if, if we were sharing the video, which we may just for this, you can see behind me the Emerald City video, new release wall. No release. Yes. Uh, Mine the, is just the same as always yeah. Always my, says, so yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a furniture catastrophe and, and my office is, is messier <laughs> than usual. So <clears throat> I, I actually, I built a shelf to replace the one that collapsed, but the one that I built is like I, I made it a built-in to that wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And since that wall is so low, it only has about 75% of the capacity of the old one. Yeah, yeah. I know but, that. Uh, so, we are talking today about Volition, which is an yes. indie film uh, starring Aiden Adrian Glynn, I think the gentleman's name is. Let me pull it back up to make sure. Uh, Adrian Glynn McMorrin, so I was very wrong. Uh, and uh, it 's it 's a, a film it 's funny uh the synopsis for the film yeah uh, i I understand why they went with what the, what they went with for for the synopsis because it's it 's misleading but also it protects the twist that comes about a
1: yeah. quarter
0: to a third of the way through the movie
1: yeah.
0: um, so why don 't we say uh there 's going to be minor spoilers in here, and they might seem major at the time, but they 're really not because yeah. the the way that they the way that the big twist of the story uh, impacts the actual ending of the narrative is like, it, it, it doesn't really. Um, And we might also just because the, the last like 20 minutes is a really interesting part of the movie. It might be worth just us at some point throwing up spoiler shields, but for the sake of the larger conversation, I think that we'll probably end up spoiling the, like the twist that's about a third of the way through the movie, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't spoil the actual end of the movie for you. Uh, however since this is a new release if you don't want to be spoiled and you want to watch it first uh i would say it's a solid movie it's like a three and a half stars out of five yeah
1: most um, certainly for especially like budget-wise independent film sort of thing yeah. like conceptually it you know it has a feeling of early like early nolan or something like that yeah, or, or yeah, like all those directors kind of all of them came out with like like oh there's a twist sort of you know yeah it,
0: it very much has that vibe of like following or insomnia yeah exactly um but uh and uh and for my uh for my nerds alex ponovich is in it uh i probably butchered his last name but uh he uh he played gosh i should have looked up his name in i zombie but he played the big dumb guy in i zombie uh and is more or less the big dumb guy in this too uh and it's funny because in every single thing that he does, he's like violent and stupid. And he's like really a teddy bear in real life.
1: Julian DuPont.
0: Yes. Thank you.
1: DuPont. Um, he also is in like a crazy amount of, uh, like that world of of, of things. Um, oh, that doesn't surprise me. I think he was in
0: Supernatural, but I think I think half the people in this movie were in Supernatural because this was shot in. in yeah, he
1: was in Supernatural. He played uh, Gunnar Lawless, a Skinwalker number two, and Sean's friend. I don't know nice. if those are all the same person or. No, something. they I don't know. they
0: would just be um, random. I imagine that Gunner Wallace was the last thing he ever played because, like, oh, oh. <laughs> we've got a name this time. Now we can't yeah, use yeah. him.
1: Well, he's Sean Friend. Uh, I noticed it's it's a uh, three three episodes over a period of ten years. Um yeah. And 2006, he played Sean's friend. 2010, he played Skinwalker Number Two, and then 2016, he played Gunner Wallace. Yeah. Incredible.
0: And then 2016, he was already on iZombie at that point.
1: He's also so a, a regular. It's uh, he's a regular cast member in uh, Snowpiercer.
0: Nice. I did not know that. I haven't seen it yet, which I Richmond, should. Richmond
1: Boskovic, and Val Van Helsing as well.
0: Nice. Yeah, it's one of those things I should. That that was not on. That's on my radar, but I haven't gotten to it yet. But anyway, uh, if you want to go in and, and be fully not spoiled, I would say it's worth taking a look yeah. at, especially if you like. It's like a. It's like a detective sci-fi thriller almost. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, again, I think that us talking about the the midpoint spoiler won't be a huge spoiler, but it's going to be necessary to have any kind of meaningful discussion of the movie beyond like five ten minutes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the, the conceit of this movie, uh, which is I started to talk about before, uh, realizing that it was not really entirely true (laughs) is that the, uh, uh, the main character is, uh, like a clairvoyant who sees his own death and decides that like, okay well now i have to change the future which is something that he has never done before yeah. like in it, throughout the course of his life he's always just kind of rolled with whatever the future had in store
1: yeah
0: uh, and so that like that that's where that's our starting point and then basically what happens is that we find he's this he's the he's like a low life um like I, I don't get the impression that he himself is a criminal, but he does work for a lot of criminals because he can know when and how people are going to get caught. Yeah, yeah. and so the,
1: doesn't have to work a lot. Sort of like you know, trying, yeah. There's at least a couple films that are like the vaguely talented guy just works for like Mob boss because it's easy money, and yeah. like he's now caught into the thing, even yeah. though this isn't really a hundred percent that. Like yeah, but.
0: Yeah. no but it's it's pretty close to it mm-hmm. um but yeah so he's he's this guy who's totally unmotivated and uh, basically the idea that he can see the future but not change it has ruined yeah. his life in a lot of ways like it, it yeah. really has it, like he has no motivation to do anything because right up until the moment when he sees himself dying and he's like oh crap i gotta change that yeah uh he's never really had uh, uh, anything where working harder would have made his life better. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, he ends up. He's he's basically. Uh, was he actually like supposed to deliver the diamonds somewhere, or was he just holding on to them to keep the like to keep them away from the cops? And then the 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 mobster was going to come get them from
1: him. My um, understanding. I thought that he was supposed to be just a. Uh, delivery uh delivery person and he was hired to do that specifically
0: yeah
1: as he could see you know have like the short-term kind of vision that's what i thought too. we
0: never see the person who it was supposed to be delivered to exactly yeah because uh there's there's hijinks immediately yeah Um, and
1: i mean also the way that he sees things are very it's very macro macro mm -hmm. right yeah it would be macro um And so like he, like example, like he sees himself dying. He doesn't see who's shooting him. He doesn't see like the, the 10 seconds afterwards he just sees, you know, um, which that happens pretty quickly, I think in the film. So it's minor spoilers on that, but you know, sorry. Well, and again, it's, it's, Uh,
0: I'm not especially worried about that because that's in the, like, even, even the synopsis, which leaves a lot to be desired in terms of actually communicating what the movies about the, the like official synopsis for the film says Mm -hmm. that he sees his own murder. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I said death when I was re- relating the story. It says murder in the synopsis. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I yeah, know it's literally on IMDb. It says that, so it's not like it's not like it's a hidden thing. But the fact is that he—it's not like he sees who it is, and then he's like, "Oh, right. I get to see that person." Uh, but things yeah. eventually kind of, as things change, they they see him. Things uh, pan out a little bit more. He sees who who shoots him. He shoots, sees you know different things like going yeah. forward, and so it's very but the way that it plays out is, is uh, incredibly interesting. I think Uh, it it feels familiar. Um, It feels like bits and pieces of this have been used in, you know, in either movies or TV shows that have used clairvoyance and kind of future telling, um, but never kind of wrapped up in this one in one film as a package. So it's, it's definitely, it doesn't feel like a cheap gimmick, which is also good. Because it's usually like a lot of these films, especially uh, like uh, indie films, where it's just like, "Oh, I got the twist, and I just need to fill out an hour and a half <laughs> out of that," you know. Like, yeah. oh yeah, um, and, you know, sh- uh, M. Night, uh did has a hot- basically has been able to do that, um, except you know, like he's done it well sometimes, well sometimes yeah. not. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, the, the, the following, the following, no, not the following.
0: You know, it's a. Anyway. This just now occurs to me because, like, obviously, like, the in psych you have the thing he's not actually psychic, but yeah. that's his, like, that's his in with the cops is that he's yeah. he, he claims to be. And um, I don't know if this is true 100%, but I believe it because I was told by people who had done the set visits I hadn't. Uh, I zombie shot on the same soundstage that psych did in Vancouver. <laughs> so. <laughs> the the like vague connection to psych that this uh premise has uh is, yep. is kind of paid off by Alex being in the movie. Yep. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it's it, you're right in that like I I can't think of a movie like I can't think of specific examples where this stuff has been used, but I do know that like elements of it have been used. Obviously just that high concept of like somebody who can see the future sees his death and now he has to change it. And the question becomes like, is everything faded, or can you change the future? Yeah, like that thematically is a, is an idea that almost every time travel movie wrestles with in some way or another. A lot of psychic movies to wrestle with in one way or another. Yeah. And so, like, it's it's fairly well worn territory, although it's re- it's rarely as kind of explicit as it is here.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was funny. It was mainly it was on. A, I think it was on a couple nights ago. Just happened to like uh, the Rick and Morty actually has an episode where he has there's something he holds on to and he's able to see the future and it changes mm-hmm. like as a tunnel um, in a very um, it, it's very, almost certainly a, a nod towards um, uh, uh, what's that movie? Uh, the plane crash and the um, fearless. No, 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 no. Um, oh my God. The bunny. Um, oh, you're not, uh, you're wearing I, a human suit. Um, yeah. the, the, um, the, oh my Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. Thank you. Like there's that like weird extension of where he's going, that sort of thing. It was a nod to that. But um, uh, Morty was able to see like him finally getting together with his uh, with uh, his crush, Jessica. Mm -hmm. Um, But he didn't see spoilers for this random episode of, uh, (laughs) um, of Rick and Morty that came out like a year and a half or two years ago or whatever, whenever they did. But like he he didn't he just saw the tunnel of her of her kissing him yeah. Um, while he's in bed, and then it eventually pans out, and it's like, oh, she's a nurse, and he's dying, and like yeah. they just met, like yeah. Um, and so, like it's it's yeah, <laughs> that's one of the many examples, but the only one I can fucking come up with right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. My brain is yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, along the way, uh, early on, you get a, a scene. He's he's like, he needs money for his landlord, who's like, uh, harassing him at the door for yeah. being late and so he says i'm gonna have money for you today blah 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 blah. and as he's i can't so he leaves the landlord he goes to get the essentially the job with the diamonds and he sees that it's gonna go badly he doesn't see how badly he just sees like violence yeah um and is like well screw it i i need the money so i'm gonna do it and um so then on the way back he sees some guy like a uh, roughing up slash trying to assault or rape or mug a girl. It's not really clear what his intent is because he's gone from the movie almost immediately. He's not an important character. But like so the upshot is he sees in his like future vision that he like he sees himself helping the girl and he's just like, Okay, well whatever. And so he like goes to help this girl and then he end up like going back to his place uh, I believe she's homeless because she makes some comments about how like the sho- the showers at her shelter. So maybe that's her boyfriend. Maybe he was like maybe they were uh, breaking yeah, up. They, and he was, I, I, they they don't really. I think establish- she was getting
1: mugged. I, I feel like she was getting mugged. Yeah. Like she lived out of her car. Um, and uh, and yeah. And so it's 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 it's, it's very clearly like they move along. It's just an opportunity to yeah introduce to introduce the this girl. Yeah yeah yeah. And it also uh, it also like kind of gives you like that he's a scumbag, um, to some level, but he's not that kind like, of scumbag. He's not like, yeah, he's not a bad guy.
0: Yeah. He helps a person and doesn't expect anything whatsoever. Yeah. And um, in, in his like, vision, oh, he I saw that like when the bad guy gets jumped, he drops his wallet. And so he can like steal a couple of bucks from him or whatever. Yeah. 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 But that's not the motivation for him getting into the fight. It's just like a thing that he knows is going to happen as a result. Yeah. Um, the the female lead in this is her her name uh, the actor's name is Magda Apanowicz, I think yeah uh, and she's terrific she's yeah it's funny uh, she she is like the she feels like the evolutionary step between like Haley Griffith from Satanic Panic and Kim Dickens in Zero Up Zero Effect no, yeah I can like she's that, like yeah. directly in that that vein yeah. of like yeah. female actors who I really like yeah, uh, she
1: also has been in iZombie. Zombie
0: <laughs> oh. I, I probably and, should have known that, but
1: I didn't. Uh, well, yeah, she plays Dot Zoom in one... Or Z- Dot Zom in one oh, episode. Oh, 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 uh, Or no, I'm sorry. That's the name of the episode. She plays Nora yeah, Shaw um, in the episode. Um, yeah. But yeah. She, it is hilarious, though. She is like... She is like an actress that is devoted to time travel. Like, sort of like... Obviously, does a lot of sci-fi work. Yeah. Just like looking at one of her first... Like It's like, oh, she... She was a teen punk girl in the Butterfly Effect. Nice. <laughs> speaking of these things, also Travelers, the Magicians, yeah, um, and uh, God, Supernatural the again, one? the Mentalist, <laughs> like all these like mix of like oh what this movie would become like she she. she
0: and again, the the, the Mentalist is basically the non funny remake of Psych.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Except he actually has that
0: talent, doesn't he?
1: I don't. I don't know. No, I, I, he, he doesn't either. He oh, he doesn't, he's just faking
0: it yeah he's faking okay. and it's actually funny uh, the in psych there's an episode and it's funny enough it's the, the episode where they travel to Canada, so they have to like explain themselves to yeah. new police to try and get on the case
1: yeah
0: and uh, when they do i can't remember exactly how it goes, but they he like starts to explain everything, mm. and Sean goes, have you ever seen the mentalist and <laughs> and uh, Gus goes. No, Sean, the mentalist is faking, and Sean just goes, <laughs> "Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, If they did that, that would be a serious ripoff. <laughs> mm. but uh, but yeah, so that was a, that was one of those episodes where uh, or that, that, that's one of those actors who you're right. like I'm looking at her resume now, and it's like everything is just genre. And I mean, that's how Vancouver is. There's a lot of genre stuff that shoots there. I feel like it's cheap to shoot in Vancouver. And so if you have something that is going to be expensive, but probably not make a fortune, you're like, yeah. okay, screw it. Vancouver.
1: Also again, going back to the fantastic, um, uh, um, every frame is a painting uh, yeah. video where, uh, he, he has this video. Um, it's, uh, we've talked about it ages ago because unfortunately, very sadly it has stopped yeah. uh, publishing, uh, videos. Uh, I really wish he would go back to doing it. I assume I think he got like a job job. Um, but I, I think he had uh,
0: he, one the whole time, and that was just the whole thing—is that he thought this was going to be something he could like toss out there? Yeah, and it wasn't.
1: Yeah, but there's a um, there's one of them is uh, Vancouver like Vancouver is everything or something. Yeah, uh, which is a fantastic right, uh, video talking about. I think we've actually probably talked about it before.
0: Which is funny. The the it. opposite side of that is uh, the opposite side of that is the one where, uh, gosh, oh, Studio sixty. Where uh they he couldn't get insured because he had a he had a positive drug test. And when his buddy's trying to convince him, like, no, we'll we'll do it anyway, we'll we'll shoot in Vancouver, because like in, in Vancouver yeah. different, you know, different rules, different blah blah blah, because it's Canada. And he, he's just like, I'm gonna stop you right there, Matt. Vancouver doesn't look like anything. Vancouver doesn't even look like Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh but <laughs> So anyway, um yep. Magda Epanamix is she's terrific in this. Uh she plays a really good um she does a really good job of playing a character who is like clearly she's got stuff going on, she's got problems, she's a little mm-hmm. bit broken. But like we don't really find out a lot of her backstory because like that's not what this movie is. Yeah. Um uh, and so I, I like it does, it takes a skill set to make that stuff believable without ever actually following up or filling it in. Yeah. Cause it could easily just feel like, okay, everybody in this, everybody in this movie's fucked up. Who cares? You know? Yeah. Um, but I thought she was great. It's funny. I actually thought that the two, uh, mobsters who are cousins in the movie and apparently related in real life were pretty good too. Yeah. Uh, I just closed the thing by mistake. So I'm, um, you yeah, know i
1: but go back to like going back to um uh magda um yeah yeah uh, like the fact like it, she actually the because the the bit is you know basically like he he was have a car she has a car and like yeah. so they end up uh he end up giving her a ride somewhere as kind of a thank you for you know stopping me from getting assaulted Yeah. um and like then kind of decides like with no <laughs> with absolutely no like oh i met you for a whole total of 10 seconds a let me just trust you enough that i will go back to your house to be able to use your shower cool um and then right immediately after she takes a shower like i'm gonna trust you to go basically on the run with you um because because shenanigans start happening and it's always i i've i like usually it's like oh come the hell on or at least it's you know like what was it oh my god it was uh um drive angry um, yeah, oh, the yeah. fantastic uh, Tour de Force of uh, <laughs> Cage um, driving movie, which is literally Ghost, uh, ghost Rider, just good um, yeah. <laughs> with the right the just the right level of camp. I forget whether we a, we we should actually do it. We haven't done yet. One of those, yeah. We should, um, but it uh, because I think it's time for that movie to um, you know get a uh, get a second uh, a second coming one might say. Um, but uh, um, is that like literally the same thing happens, like where he's a guy that like super creepy, like not in a Nick Cage way, not in a yeah. like, uh, you know, sexual assault or sort of way, just in a general Nick Cage is creepy sort of way. And then like, he's clearly on the run and she's just like beats up her boyfriend, like shit happens. And then like she 10 seconds later ends up like shooting two cops for him. Yeah, And you're <laughs> it's just like, wow, I know that she doesn't really have much going on, like because she was like just broke up with her fiance because she he was fucking his friend or something it was like bad bad stuff but like i know she's in a crappy small town or whatever but she has a car she's very attractive like she could get out of town yeah (laughs) but it's always was like it's like oh in that type of movie it's like you just roll with it but like in this movie it'd be like a little more like really but she's it sells that's that was my long yeah. roundabout way of selling, no, no yeah i agree talking about how, how she sells it and it like this, mm-hmm. the story itself kind of sells it but also in the same way like you know don't just i just want to talk about driving <laughs> <laughs> i
0: mean it, it is uh, it is one of those it, it, yeah it does work. And I think part of it is the idea that she's literally living out of her car. It's just like, I don't know if somebody's nice to you for five seconds, maybe you don't, you know? Um, The other thing is like, because of the fact that we're dealing with again, the theme of like everything in this movie is fated to happen, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I do think that like, if you did get hung up on that, which I got hung up on a little bit uh, as I was watching through, but pretty quickly, it's just like, Oh, well she's, she's supposed to be there. It's going to happen. That's going to happen. You know? Yeah. Um but yeah, so that's uh I-, I liked all the leads in this. I thought that um if there was one kind of if there was one thing that kind of lacked for me a little bit, uh I liked Ponovic and Frank Cassini who played like the two bad guys. Yeah. But their like bad guy motivation is one of those it's it's like it do- it is motivation that makes sense. But it's one of those things where like about a third of the way into the movie, when everything starts going wrong, you're yeah. just like, no, they, they, there's no reason they should keep going. Like yeah. they can bail right now yeah. and nobody will ever know they tried this and then they can do it again in six weeks, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and so that was one of my only kind of complaints in the movie. And again, it was a small quibble, uh, yeah. but I felt that the uh, like the bad guy motivation, it did make sense on paper. Mm-hmm. but that as the movie rolls on and things start to get more and more complicated and more and more dangerous, you're like, guys, just pull the rip cord. Yeah, like it doesn't so need fine. to end this way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh-huh. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put up the very minor spoiler shield here now for the, the mid movie spoiler, because I think that this is important to discuss in terms of t- talking about the movie in any meaningful way. Yeah. Um, Well, actually one thing first, I will say um, in the same vein as like following, Mm -hmm. I think they did a really good job of using what all appeared to be practical sets and everything looked dingy. Everything looked believably shitty. And, and so uh, it was, they made the decision, which I really like Mm -hmm. that uh, it was well shot. They didn't try to make it look like an indie film where everything's gritty and dirty and the shots are kind of poorly lit. And like, they, they, they picked practical locations that sold okay everything's poorly lit everything's shitty and yeah, then yeah, yeah. so from that point they could just be like no we're gonna shoot this like yeah. it's a real movie um yeah, there's <laughs> never
1: there's never the front of a uh like that like anytime like a good indie film does that it reminds me of um uh the soddenberg uh film uh the limey because oh, like the yeah, yeah. limey specifically he's i just i forget whether it was a commentary or just an interview i read he was just mm-hmm. like i specifically went out and tried to find locations in L.A. because again, you have the same yeah. to some level. You have the same problem with the uh, you know Vancouver and L.A. Um, is the fact that like everything has been used. Yeah. Like at some point, there's some reference to that whatever, and it always looks like oh, like you're in L.A. And that's that's one of the one of the many things I liked about the movie Limey, And I think I've probably mentioned this like a dozen times before when we talked about these things. But um, is the fact that it doesn't feel like an L.A. movie. And yeah. it feels like the separation you have there. You have the separation of the line. Um, um, oh my god, I forget it, uh, um, the Limey's actual name in the film. <laughs> um, uh, but like, you have the separation between his world of Los mm-hmm. Angeles and then you have uh, Peter Fonda's world, yeah. which is the LA that we kind of know and recognize. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's and, uh, and then you have
0: the Louis Guzman world, yeah. which is another like whole <laughs> leg of the yeah. journey. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I'm trying. I'm. I'm kicking myself because i can't think of his name right now either it's, it's uh, his There's, daughter's name is jennifer and i thought that if i could think of that i would think of the last name but
1: yeah um <laughs> it, it is interesting like the one other the one uh one other thing before we go into spoiler spoil it on is mm-hmm. that i've actually found interesting is that because i mean like usually like the films films that we usually talk about have been getting like a little bit more attention um yeah than usual just because nothing is fucking yeah. coming out it's the new thing um, but it's it's interesting, like when there is like a solid one that has a lot of, um, you know, name actors within the TV world, yeah. um, like this one does. Like if you look at all, of, basically everyone in this film has has at least one or two regular shows yeah. me, that they've been on, and then like done a lot of you know like a they're a working actor. Yeah. But it is interesting that like I don't think that this film I don't know if this film like last year would have gotten even a Variety review. Um, like it did, which it got a, a pretty decent one mm-hmm. um, where they talked about it and just, it's just been interesting to watch. Like, like this film was actually the, I was the reason that we're, we we watched this a couple week uh like a week or two ago. Yeah. About um, a week, a little more. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and then like I saw at, like, there was a ton of ads for it on Reddit um which i was just like wait a minute is this the film that we saw like has this actually come out yet and like oh crap we didn't actually talk about we haven't talked about it yet um but it is interesting to see how like indie films have actually kind of like the few that already had like were already kind of in the chain to come out now anyway like have actually been getting like at least a little bit more attention um especially like on the streaming platforms um you know you go through like voodoo or something like that right now yeah the the hunt is still at the top and things like that on rentals yeah. but it's all indie films at this level like if yeah. not like lower um like budget-wise and things like that yeah. not like not talking about quality of course right. um but just like so it's really it's actually been kind of nice because it's been a it's been forcing me to not fall back on okay well whatever this is the big one i'll either buy it or rent it and come out yeah. and that i've you know like Giving, giving, even on top of what we end up getting sent for review, mm-hmm. um, like I, like people, people I've talked to that aren't, like that don't do podcasts, you know, talk yeah. to, they've actually been talking about movies that, like, even my family, like, have been talking about movies that, I'm like, you wouldn't even have any idea what this film was because you would have never seen it, like, yeah, as in, it would have never been presented to you because there'd be 14 films, especially in the summer, like at this point in the summer. Yeah. Um how many like how many films would be new releases already that came out in that February March area um that now we have the short digital run like all those films that like you know low budget action films like a rampage or something like that yeah. are not low budget on that but you know I mean like the yeah, yeah. like it's made for 75 million dollars it makes yeah. 200 million dollars we're golden you know Yeah like, and, and it's supposed
0: it. to be a tent pole without spending 200 million dollars exactly. up front. Yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's been, it's been good. Like, I hope that, like, I hope that this film, I hope that this film does well. Um, and not, not only just because I think that, like, especially when you have, like, I mean, like, you look at the cast of this, um, just literally like the number of people and things like that. It's not, yeah. It's not a huge cast. Um, like, you could, probably even if you wanted to you could probably cut this cast like the only reason why this cast is as large is because there's a lot of flashbacks and things like that so you have like young james james mother and different things like that and like so the way that they're the way that within a pandemic world that cinema is supposed to continue is that you can't have you i mean at least without some insane level of thing you can't have that 74 person, you can't have the Avengers, so you can't yeah. have even the next Nolan film like be made in this time period. Like, it's yeah. going to be really interesting to see how they shoot uh Batman, um, because it, it, even though that I think is obviously a smaller Batman than yeah, and it's Nolan a- films or whatever else, but
0: they have a little bit of upside there because it's supp- like from what I can mm-hmm. tell, it's supposed to be a little bit more like.
1: Mm-hmm
0: old school, I guess. Yeah. And, and so I feel like it, the, the idea of the big action sequences probably were never going to happen. It's probably going to be a lot more like yeah. Yeah, intimate, yeah. but yeah, you're right. It's going to be really interesting to see how they shoot some of the stuff that like by necessity needs to be huge at a time yeah. when, and we talked about this a little bit last time, but it's, it's the, the point is even kind of more driven home as we see just this relentless spike in mm-hmm cases because we were making no serious effort to contain oh, yeah. well, the pandemic yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's over though. You don't have to worry yeah, exactly. It.
1: I do. I am fascinated though, that like, so right now what I'm actually, what I'm even more excited than like saying like the big wonder woman two and uh tenant and all, you know, all these other films yeah. that are coming out over the next year or so that are either in the editing room right now or adding special effects or doing whatever, or maybe having to do like some more shoots. Um, I'm more excited about these type of films like Volition, like the $5 million, $1 million yeah. sort of films because of how invent, how they're going to have to be more inventive. Um, yeah. and also, I mean, just also, I would think that more like the focus so much has now been on not films that will actually make it to theater. Yeah. Um, but films that I'm like, okay, what can we throw to the, um, you know, throw to the, yeah, the, the, the platform, The you know, not even Netflix or whatever, but like throw to like and, Voodoo and, and Amazon yeah. Prime and things like that, that will make enough money that justifies making this film to keep everything kind of rolling as we go through. And you're yeah. going to have to have things that have like 10 people on a cast. Yeah. you know, because you can't have 40 people in a room um, and do this safely. And, you know, and a lot of it, thanks to the fact that most of these people are in SAG and in different, yeah. and you know, in, and also then you have, you know, the Teamsters and stuff like that. You actually have unions that are going to be like, yeah, no, no, we're not taking this risk yeah, to make exactly. a fucking film. <laughs> you know, like, this is not, you know, this is not what we do. And so like, you actually might actually have within within the Hollywood system, you might actually have hopefully some sort of change uh, go forward uh, which at least if nothing else brings you know indie cinema back in some way shape and form
0: yeah one of the things that's funny I had written uh, an article I'd mm-hmm. outlined it before the pandemic and was going to write it anyway and then the pandemic hit and I was like well we publish this that was basically like hey guys why don't we bring back like 25 to 50 million dollar mm-hmm. like mid essentially mid-budget like romantic comedies and adventure yeah. movies and like things that didn't exist. And uh, it's funny. I cannot for the life of me find this old interview. Um, no. I, I remember listening to an interview with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow mm-hmm. and it's always rare when you get to say that Gwyneth Paltrow was right and not crazy nowadays. But um, back when she was doing Iron Man three, she talked about the idea that like somebody asked, like, you know, you, you do a lot of indie stuff. How'd you end up with Marvel? And she was just like, I just saw the writing on the wall. Like nobody's making shallow Hal anymore. Like nobody's spending $30 million in the hopes of making 120. Like everybody wants to spend five or 150. Yeah. And like, that's not wrong. Obviously there are outliers and we're starting to see a lot more kind of tent poles that are creeping down. Like we Mm -hmm. said, in the 50 75 range uh, so that you can get things like Deadpool and rampage. But like in, in general, she's, she's pretty right. Like you don't have movies that are being made where it's like, Oh, there's a couple of big stars so we can pay people but it's still a $20 million movie instead of a 2 million or a hundred million. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I had kind of written an article that was basically like, no, this is like, this is true. Like, this is a good idea. You need to bring this sort of movie back because like this sort of movie is the thing that's going to be easy. Like now that we don't have a DVD market to speak of, we need to adjust production expectations so that like anything that's going to go direct to video or anything that's not going to get a like 3000 plus screen release, yeah. we need to, be able to manage that because you know in in addition to all these movies that are creeping back to 50 75 million you also have a couple like you have a bunch of these 100 million plus movies that are bombing you know obviously the there's big there's always big talk whenever you get something like justice league or the mummy where it's just like no you spent you spent the entire budget of a mid-sized company to make this film and then it was a disaster you know yeah
1: it's interesting because i've heard mixed mixed things on um the uh tom hanks uh uh battle yeah, movie and supposedly it's fantastic um I haven't had a chance it's, it's out, yeah, now, haven't right? either, but uh, yeah I it know. came out on
0: Friday I think on Apple plus
1: yeah, yeah but um my understanding <laughs> is that it was originally supposed to have a theatrical release i thought yeah yeah and and like the the fact that it was really disappointed that a film like this, especially considering they didn't it seems again like what I was reading is that they didn't. When, when you produce a film for the small screen, I mean, you can watch Netflix films yeah. and kind of go, yeah, they, they didn't spend the money yeah. on the, the CG that you need to for a big screen. Right. Um, and like, you know, I mean, I think that we're all kind of to some level trained to see, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of fog for some reason. Um, you know, things like that. or oh, everything happens in the darkness. That's weird. Um, <laughs> you know, um, but, um, but like, supposedly they actually spent, the, they actually did, did the work. um for this one and it's like which is one of those disappointing things where it's just like oh we haven't had a like a film like this that actually you know like a hunt for red october sort of you know even thing like which i enjoy those films enough like and this one looks good enough like based on reviews as well that like even though like i'm not a huge fan of tom hanks um uh and i like i i definitely want to see it uh i'll sign up for apple plus because i think i have a subscription for a little yeah while i i think
0: weird, i but. have a free year because i got an iphone mm-hmm. which means probably i should watch it sooner than later because i think that <laughs> like seven that's i mean it's like that,
1: interesting but. because like, i think that the isn't the verizon um the verizon disney plus deal pretty much over now the first year i think so Listed yeah i think i'm pretty
0: sure it was just a limited thing
1: yeah it's for you i mean i think it's for i think it was for the first year or whatever i'm like i it's gonna be very interesting if disney is actually going to be able to Retain. drop what they need to drop to maintain all of those people that haven't been paying for it. And then yeah. like, I, I know like, like the only person that watches my Disney plus account is I assume uh, my friend Carrie, who has a two year old. And so, and like, she just asked me, it's like, Oh, do you have that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah I do. But like, I have not, once I watch Mandalorian, I'm like, I don't, there's nothing else on here.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting, too, because obviously, like, the fact that we're, gotten, that we're not getting theatrical releases has a spillover effect into Disney+, Plus, especially because one of the things that we saw with Trolls World Tour and, and the other stuff that Universal did is that uh, exhibitors are getting really bitchy about the theatrical window. It's like, we're going to narrow the window to try and save our company, and then exhibitors are going to throw a tantrum that the yeah. window's narrowing. Um, I mean,
1: that's, you know, that's a, you know, I think we've talked about this uh, previously, but like, that's going to be the really interesting, in what scenario for us, you know, like us personally, like we have a, there's a dead mall called shopping town, which is where we go see a lot of like first run movies. Yeah. uh, First night, because it's the only thing at the mall. Yeah. And so it's like, we can go see, uh, you know, at least a relatively big name thing and not have to worry about like destiny USA, which is the big mall where everybody goes to see things. And, um, and like, I, I going to be really surprised if that, if that uh, theater reopens uh, opens yeah. on the other side. Well, of
0: to be fair, I'm also kind of like uh, fuck regal. Cause they were one of the people who signed on to that lawsuit against the uh, state yeah. of New Jersey for trying to keep people safe. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was, yeah. uh, what's it called? Whatever the, the company that owns uh movie Tavern did not yeah. sign on to that. Oh, and so I'm right. just like, okay, well there's one place in my area that I don't want right, to,
1: screw. So, which blows because it's 40 minutes away, but it yeah. also, I, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm actually probably going to be re-upping my Costco membership because I know we'll be heading out yeah. there more. And I'm like, uh, that at least justifies, yeah, it right. uh, justifies having that because that's where the Costco is. But, but it is, it, it'll be, and that's also one of the few places that I'm like, I, in a month, maybe I'll go, see yeah. a movie on it depending on how again this is you know upstate new york yeah i'll like go see a movie on a tuesday at 11 yeah. or so, you know 12 like yeah. and you know bring my own cleaning whatever not um, tuesday
0: because it's five for
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's true tuesday to be a complete nightmare which i yeah. i i kind of hope that they stop doing that but um but uh you know when whatever a random weekday or something yeah. like that when it's like dead quiet honestly um,
0: instead so, of stop doing it probably the best thing they could do for their business is just to do it every single day during the exactly. day uh yeah. just Yeah that's well, like, that's what, no, that's,
1: what Hoyts, uh, that's what the Hoit's chain did um yeah, I think it was ages. a national thing it wasn't just ours but like yeah. in the late 90s um they did that for like a couple years that yeah. weekdays um I think it was it, I, I don't even Before think it was that May, I think it was like it was it wasn't nights, but it was like before a more, it was like at yeah. before seven o'clock or before yeah. six o'clock or something like that. And so, like, I, I just remember, like, um, I don't know if you were there with us or not, but like, C, uh, CS, uh, CS and I, like, we saw literally every single film that came out except for the Disney film for like <laughs> a year. And like, <laughs> like it was nuts because it I feel like it was I saw $5. a problem with you, but it was that was an even... hour of min for min that was minimum wage was five fifteen back then. Yeah, and like it was an I had to work an hour at Discovery Zone to do yeah. that, and I'm like that that's 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 fantastic. Like that to me is worth it. Like, yeah. but yeah,
0: um, but anyway, yeah, Anyway, speculation? <laughs> well, yeah, we we're talking about. Well, I mean, because we got into the whole conversation about, and it's it's it is it's interesting. This movie was supposed to get a limited theatrical release. Um, I believe, I can't remember that this one was actually even supposed to get a drive through a drive-in release. So even after the pandemic, they were still talking about like, no, we're going to drop this in movies to the extent we can. Um, but then what happened is that all the chains started wanting to open. So now the drive-throughs are, or the drive-ins are doing the, uh, like the classics to try and get people in the habit of going back to the movies. And so it becomes this weird thing of like indie films that could have had a shot at distribution are now fighting against jaws and the matrix for screen time and i think that most exhibitors are going to say like no jaws will outdraw abolition you know yeah
1: yeah and that was actually one of the disappointing things uh i just came back from provincetown uh, area which holy crap you want to see an area that um i think i published some of the photos on my twitter Mm -hmm. but like an area that's really dealing with everything very seriously um like they have signs Like made signs that like once you pass a certain point, mandatory mask zone and everything like that. Mm. But uh, they have a there's a pretty spectacular drive-in that they have there. It's it's actually like kind of a famous one. And um and they were doing I think it was uh, Star Wars and um Jumanji two. It was Empire. It would have
0: been Empire. Empire, Oh no no I'm saying
1: it was Juman it was uh they they were doing an old one and a moderately new one.
0: What I I mean maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm just making an assumption, but I'm guessing that people are screening the same things because oh, yeah. in that that one in Oswego County, that drive-in in Oswego County, had Jumanji Two and Empire Strikes Back.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, I I just it said Star Wars on it, so I don't yeah, know which, yeah. like, and then I, I that's I don't see what the the rest of it was, but yeah, um, but yeah, no, it was that at least was that was nice. I mean, I have no interest yeah. in seeing the double feature on that one, but
0: yeah, first, I mean. What's funny, I uh, Peacock, the streaming service from NBC that launches yep. in like two days, yeah. um, they sent me this whole thing. You can see my popcorn here. Uh, basically, uh, if if times were normal, they would have had like a big launch party screening thing at, yeah. uh, at one of the theaters in LA. And so they basically did the thing where it's like, hey, we can't have a screening, so we're going to send people a screening. And so they yeah. sent me the popcorn. I had this whole like set of coasters with tv tv logos and stuff on them nice including a psych to psych the movie two. come on son nice. um and then uh they sent me a digital projector that and nice. uh and also a cheers beer mug but uh um but anyway so i keep thinking like i've got to figure out a time that we can do it because obviously you get the thing where my kids go to sleep and then by the time we could start something it, you're running into the problem of trying to put, put something on the side of your house or whatever in a residential neighborhood at 11 at night. But, uh, I, I, want to see if I can set up like a, uh, Emerald city video film festival kind of thing (laughs) where we we're just like, fuck it. we we'll, you know, we'll do, uh, I'll do some movies and like you and whoever else from the show can come over and social distance and watch, you know, whatever it is, whether it's indie films or whether it's like, go back to the greatest hits of ECV and do like, uh, josie and same boat and whatever
1: to figure out whether there's a way to do like an fm transmitter um and then we can all just tune in um and like with like
0: bluetooth yeah bluetooth
1: or something weird like that and do it because like that that to me would be always the best way like honestly like in in theaters i i keep dreaming of the day that they're like bring your own headphones like (laughs) but yeah but yeah
0: but um But yeah, it is a bummer uh, that movies like, I feel like the the film industry is not set up to support indie film anymore. Like, because again, this seems like the ideal time to just be like, no guys, like, fuck it. Like, what can you lose Mm -hmm. by dropping this into like, screw it, have this be a double feature with Jumanji 2 or with, you know, I mean, not this specifically, but like films like this yeah and uh this would have been a good double feature with jaws because you could have like the suspensey r rated blah 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 you know whatever Mm -hmm. but they they're not set up for that because it's like as soon as you say like oh no we're gonna we're gonna it's it's like had had they held off from doing say the jaws and the star wars and whatever i think that indie films might have been where they eventually went yeah like just to get some money rolling in for drive-ins because there's no reason the drive-ins have to be closed just because everybody else is
1: yeah uh well i mean it's you know i mean it's and it's it's another one of those things that really frustrates it's kind of like the same deal with uh with literature um and um uh in like schools and things like that where it's just like oh they're banning this book or they're they're stopping they're stopping you to kill to kill a mockingbird and i'm like as a person with a to kill a mockingbird (laughs) tattoo i'm a fan of the book and a fan of the film and fan of everything about it um but that said the book came out 70, uh, it was uh, in 60s. um, So like 50 years ago. Um, Maybe it's time for, to teach something else. Like the fact that like the most recent book that I've heard that they're teaching like middle schoolers or like having them read is Holes. And that book came out 25 years 30 years ago like Like, it's like to me it's like really probably I get that the the way that everything has to be vetted and how long it takes for processes and buying new books and things like that but it's just it's it's always been really maddening to me and it's just like well you have like it's mandatory to have read these like 10 books and then Mm -hmm. basically people are are allowed to like never read again because they're not introduced like dear god if you read Ethan Frome and like (laughs) Sorry, first point blank references like, as they're going. <laughs> but uh, but things like, you know, like books like that, like you'd be completely bored. In the same way to me, like it's like movies, like where it's like, jaws is fantastic. It should be definitely a mandatory, like if you're like doing a full education of yeah. of cinema, it's not a question thing. But it's the same thing like We've Gone with the Wind who the fuck cares? I mean, like personally, yeah. like I hated the film. It it read as racist to me 30 years ago, or uh, when, when I've seen it in high school. So 25 years ago, yeah. like I didn't care about it. I didn't care about any of the characters. It speaks to a generation that has been dead for 30, for 50 years. Um, and things like that where it's just like, but it's the same thing with like star Wars where it's just like, you know what actually it would be fantastic. I, I would love to see as much as I actually would love to see star Wars and the yeah. uh, um, thing. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've seen it that I, way.
0: I saw, uh, at least Empire and Jedi when they did the reissues, but I don't know if I've ever seen Star Wars.
1: It's just like Edge of Tomorrow or something like, something like that didn't get like a huge thing. But I mean, like almost everybody, even people who hate Tom Hanks, I think Mm -hmm. like have seen that film and been like, why didn't this do 300 million dollars mm-hmm. like in a, in the u.s like and it was just like it did it just because it came out at the wrong moment yeah, whatever and like it, and it's was
0: become a, a cult hit since yeah yeah
1: mm-hmm. but it's just like it's a it's a what was a 200 million dollar film or 150 mm-hmm. million dollar film that like i think it made its money um yeah, but pretty like, much. it should have been a huge blockbuster by and then it, every definition of everything and like
0: what why like in the time sense, it's become sense. like the uh like that first constantine movie mm-hmm. where everybody's just like and you still 15 years later have people asking reeves are you going to do a new constantine movie mm-hmm. and it's just like that's that's a thing that happens because like okay the movie underperformed at theaters but then like yeah. there was a home video market back then yeah. Yeah. and it killed there
1: actually you know what i uh, want? just dread we need dread
0: oh my god <laughs> speaking i know of, speaking only, of films that need
1: sequels but the
0: only time i got to see that on the big screen cuz it was it was in like upstate new york for like a day yeah. Yeah. So the only time I got to see that on the big screen was when I went to that like early, early at Comic Con.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And like that was cool <laughs> we because... get t- I
1: was so I was I wasn't really actually angry. I was exhausted and still had a bunch of editing yeah, to do. Yeah. But it was just one of those. I'm like literally like couldn't get a second seat because it was packed. Yeah, was I completely... forgot about that. I yeah. forgot. Yeah, yeah no, I was like
0: oh. I couldn't remember if that was <laughs> standing that outside you hadn't like gone. a
1: puppy dog, being like, oh, oh. I'm, fuck. Okay, I, I actually did get to see it in theaters though. I think at least once, not
0: my, twice. My my seat was really terrible uh which was really only uh made better by the fact that i was sitting like five seats away from olivia Thurlby. Mm-hmm. and so like when they got up to do the q a she was doing her whole q a from like close enough that i could reach out and touch her yeah um, no. for some reason security didn't like that I <laughs> um but that is- uh but yeah i i agree like i think that we're for for The pandemic has fucked up a lot of stuff, but it's also offered us a lot of possibilities in terms of reaching outside of the boxes that we usually create for ourselves uh, commercially and creatively. And unfortunately, I feel like in Hollywood in particular, very, very few of those opportunities are being taken because they're just so comfortable in like their little box.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, risk, I mean, that's why, you know, romantic, that's why the process of certain romantic comedies and like... Like, I mean, that's why we have so much shit cinema, like, honestly, yeah. but, you know, it's, but that's also, it also means you don't to a risk that, yeah. I don't know, like, like, the fact that it is, I don't know why like Edge of Tomorrow came up, uh, oh, Edge of Tomorrow was a comparison to yeah, talking yeah. about like the this type of film, yeah. uh, the Volition, the film that we are talking about today, um, <laughs> and but it is, it was just like, I, I read, I remember early on, it's like talking about it like as a risk, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I still don't understand how a film like edge of tomorrow is a risk yeah. in any way shape and form um, like it seemed to me like this is almost formulaic in like there's yeah there's twists in it but yeah there's no twist in the film other than it's a reboot it's a video game people yeah. understand that concept yeah. i mean you well know. and
0: also like you you can call something a risk all you want but like it's it's not much of a risk when you have that cast where it's just no. like no like there's there's a very high floor like yeah. maybe the film underperformed, but like there was a very high floor for like the bare minimum you're going to make if you're opening with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. Yeah. Um, and granted Emily Blunt wasn't Emily Blunt at that point, but. Um,
1: yeah. I'm trying to remember if Tom Cruise was it, how, what where, whether this was before jumping on Oprah's couch or after. Or it, was, when. it was well after. Cause yeah, was, no, I just, whether he was still within that weird, for some reason, Tom Cruise acting weird was a thing that everyone freaked out over.
0: Maybe like, I don't think so. I think by then people were over it because I was already at comic book when that happened when that movie came out, and I feel like um, I, I feel like the the Tom Cruise being weird stuff really faded shortly after Batman Begins, because if you remember yeah. um, the Batman Begins premiere, they asked a bunch of reporters asked questions to Katie Holmes about Tom Cruise being crazy and that got all the attention and christopher nolan took it personally which is supposedly why he recast the character in dark knight i don't know that i believe that but i've heard the story enough times that i'm like okay well i can now cement the events of tom cruise being crazy in a very specific time frame yeah 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 yeah.
1: (laughs) and also uh christopher nolan taking offense to something um that not unbelievable yeah exactly and that's
0: Like, I don't know, it sounds so petty and so shallow, I, I don't wanna say that's absolutely yeah. true, cause it's like, it, it, to me, if that's not true and you're sitting there saying like, oh, fuck Nolan for that, it's like borderline de- defamation. But I, at yeah. the same time, like it, yeah. it, it wouldn't be a huge stretch for me to believe
1: it. <laughs> I just, um, I, I just it, uh, like anything, every single time I read a story about Tenant being moved back or doing a move and whatever, yeah. like as much as I really, really want to see the film um, and as much as I respect him as a director and he's, yeah. he's, there's no question that he's amazing. Like it's, you know, it's ridiculous to think anything else to me. Like, even if you don't like his films, like yeah. he's a you know like the process or whatever but it is like the bullshit that um that came out around um um his last one what's that dunkirk yeah dunkirk and about how like oh only and like everyone should see it in this cinema thing and then we literally i think did an episode when we finally were able to see dunkirk um like we did a whole thing where it was just like, well, I really would have loved to have seen it in the way that um yeah the the prince wants us to see it, except we're not allowed to because it's yeah. not literally it was like it was like New York City had forty theaters that were mm. showing it in the at the thing, and then it was like, I don't know Chicago was the next one over, yeah. and it was just like one of those I think, like I
0: think there was one in like Kingston, New York, or something, but that yeah, yeah I mean
1: basically you know. it was it was still it was like I think we had to drive three and a half hours four yeah. hours to see it, which. Like if it was something I was more excited, if like honestly, if it was Tenet, I would yeah. consider it. um, I just never really had that much interest
0: in, in yeah, Dunkirk Dun- I mean Dunkirk was a lot better than I expected it to be because yeah. I expected basically nothing um yeah. but um but you know uh as you were you were talking about um both Tenet and uh Live I repeat whatever it was called um they're time travel movies,
1: yes, they are <laughs> and,
0: and spoiler alert. Uh, Volition becomes a time travel movie about a third of the way in. I think we, I think we had a great <laughs> buffer between. <laughs> yeah.
1: spoilers, by the way.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like at that point we've said spoilers six or seven times, um, but uh, yeah. Yes. So, so the, the, the twist that we talked about that, that comes about a third of the way into this movie is that uh, he doesn't see like, He's not really seeing the future because of like magic, blah, blah, blah. He's more seeing the future because like, he's a time traveler. He's got some time travel juice in his veins. And yeah. so he can like, it, it, it. the result of that is that it messes with his brain and he's, he can see like different parts of the time stream or something. Yeah. Um, it's not really well explained, which is actually fine because in the in the, in the context of the movie, this, uh, like the time travel stuff was essentially mm-hmm. designed by his adoptive father. Yeah. And uh, like working alone, not on a government lab or anything. And like the, the the stuff was designed and then as far as we can tell, nobody else except for him has ever used it because uh, the, the dad gives it to the kid and is like, oh, that was a terrible idea.
1: <laughs> um, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, and, and I won't go into like the, the nuts and bolts of like why and how all that is. Cause that, <laughs> yeah. that is part of like the last 20 minutes. Um, I will say if you are a Booster Gold fan, uh, there's a chunk of this movie, like a 10 minute chunk of this movie that is basically, uh, the issue where he goes back in time and tries to save Barbara Gordon from getting shot in the killing joke.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and, and so when there's this montage in the movie where it's just like him going back in time and everything getting screwed up. And I'm just like, Oh, like I remember this, this is, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but yeah. So the, at that point it does become a thing of like, okay, well maybe I can travel back in time and make things better. Um, and that's when you really start dealing with the, like I said, the theme of like what's faded and what's not. Um, <clears throat> it's funny. Cause uh, he used, I think it was set, set or solid one of the two. <laughs> um To describe like events in time that can 't be changed yeah uh, fixed fixed that 's what it was yeah. um and and that's a again that 's a booster gold thing like there's in in time travel in the d c universe you have like fixed events or mm-hmm. or solid events, and then you have yeah. events that are more pliable because it 's like no, if you go back in time and fuck with the crucifixion it like it ruins time, yeah. like yeah. so much stuff is reliant yeah. on that. Uh, what it though? Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but so like that's one of those. It's one of those ideas that I really like is the idea that in, within time travel, even when you're trying to change things, there are certain elements that are fixed and that are. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if you can call them faded because uh, one of the things is in the context of this, he can only travel back in time. Like you can't go forward. Yeah, and so like when you're traveling back in time. I don't know how much you're actually dealing with fate because like you're dealing with things that already happened and you're just yeah. trying to modify fixed time. However, because it, it gets confusing. Cause it's like, as he travels back in time, like the past becomes the future from the vantage point of our character earlier in the movie. Yes. Um, I actually, when I talked to the actor, I talked to, to Glenn, uh, to Glenn Morgan or whatever his name is that I keep messing up. Um, I uh, asked him about this and he told me that he, he uh, did actually have a, essentially like the board from it's always sunny. That's in that meme. Yeah. Uh, he had to set up like a time, his own little time stream so that, cause like part of it is that nobody else in the movie time travels. Yeah. Like he's the only character who really has to deal with that. Yeah. And so when he's interacting with characters, he's interacting with them in, and they are in a linear headspace yeah and so they don't have to worry about that stuff and he's the only actor on set who had to be like no this is the fourth time i've had this conversation so you know
1: has this already happened to me or you do you know this has happened yeah Yeah, exactly god damn it it's it's actually gonna drive me nuts because there is another film that literally the actor had that same thing where he's just like i know that i i i knew all these things that were going to happen Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a spoiler thing it was a time travel thing right yeah i don't know if it was inception or or one of those, but anyway, but, um...
0: but yeah. And I, I thought that that really, uh, I thought that that twist really made the movie a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. it, it gave them a much more concrete way of addressing their themes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it did raise the stakes in terms of like, okay, well now we see the terrible stuff play out. Um, and once it's played out, your character's still alive; he's not dead yet. So it becomes like, okay, well, now time's already changed. So yeah. does that mean I can change other things? Does that mean I can fix the stuff that went wrong earlier in the movie? You yeah. know, and and so it 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 raised the stakes in a way because up to that point, really, both he and his adoptive father is the only person who knew of his powers. Really, uh, I think that the mobsters kind of sort of knew but didn't believe it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They just were like, oh, you have ability to kind of see what. Yeah, you can see happening. the future. But it's like at the same time where it's just like, I don't, I believe it just because I've seen it happen, but I yeah. also like, don't believe it, but yeah, I mean, whatever. the idea it that works. these two
0: guys are betraying their boss, mm-hmm. um, despite the fact that they have the guy who can see the future on hand. Um, and he's yeah. just like, no, I saw that. I saw the handoff to make the, bo- the crime boss yeah. feel better. Cause he needed the money.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, and when the, like, it's literally like a line of dialogue where they're just like, but mm-hmm. he saw the handoff who the fuck, like his powers are stupid. Like maybe he saw himself handing it off to you. (laughs) Um, Which again, I also enjoyed,
1: by the way, like one thing I actually like, the, it was he, the 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 boss was actually quite generous. I mean, like, yeah, no, usually was... it's like, oh, you got to do this transfer, and you're getting paid fifteen thousand, yeah. and it was like a hundred
0: grand out of a like thing. God damn, like, yeah, that... it was like a, it was like a three million dollar payday. So that's a pretty yeah, decent... yeah, no,
1: I mean, it was like that's a proper like for yeah. the risk he's taking and everything like that, like as opposed uh-huh. to a guy that you know you know you could just probably threaten and, and I mean, pay in, him.
0: in general, I actually thought that he was a really like I thought he was a really yeah. interesting character. Like yeah. I, I thought he was a. Uh, not a nice guy obviously because he's a crime boss but like when you see him doing violence to people in the context of this movie it's exclusively because he feels like he's been backed into a corner yeah like that's not his first instinct
1: yeah um that 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 was actually like the really nice twist too because like it could you could have very easily had the guy that like this kind of like the sadist mob boss was like look at i have all this power you're just a random dude like i you, you're gonna you're gonna do this it's not a question right. and that's usually and then but like the fact that they seem to have some level of they're not friends but they're also right. not you know it's not like a complete it's it, it actually genuinely felt like the guy yeah. could have been like no i'm good i'm not gonna do this and just like, yeah leave. yeah and and like, and i really
0: it's funny just, be, one of the things that that and again it speaks to the nature of the characters and it speaks to the self-destructive nature of some of these characters that like he's going to all these different points in the story to try and change shit. At no point does he ever go back and say like, I'm just not taking this job. Yeah. Like yeah. there's never a point where he feels like he's got enough control to yeah. go back and say like, cause like if he didn't, then he wouldn't have money for rent and he wouldn't have, blo- you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, it is one of those things where he's given a lot more leeway than I think most characters would be in, in a movie like this. And he doesn't take it because of his own <laughs> personal hangups, but like, yeah. um, it, the, the closest thing I can think of in terms of like how the, the mob boss is depicted in this is Rocky. Um, he reminds me a little bit of Gazo from Rocky mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, he's like, he's a mob boss. He's having, you're doing mob boss shit, yeah. but like he likes Rocky and he sees potential in Rocky that is unrealized. And so he's just like, when the other guys are trying to be shitty to him because he's like kind of dragging his ass a little bit, he's like, eh, who cares? Like yeah. he eventually gets his stuff done, yeah. um, <laughs> and I think that it, I thought that was just a really, like you said, it's a really interesting kind of shift, and it's a subtle shift to the paradigm. But I liked it a yeah. lot. It also gives you this thing where the the bad guys who are essentially betraying him, they are the typical like Scarface wannabe, mm-hmm. like shoot shoot first kind of yeah. kind of criminals.
1: They, I mean, they are though still like, why I don't want to do this like i don't want to injure like they literally could just like torture yeah i mean like they did some level of shit you know whatever like they certainly were you know like at least one of them had a certain level like the um the guy that you know (laughs) like yeah a certain level of like sadism that like he didn't but on the other hand it was more of of a i don't care about you and not like a i'm enjoying this sort of thing but it was just a like Come on, just give us this thing. We don't have to do this, and you know, we're gonna leave and that's it's, it.
0: Like it's kind of funny. I will say that maybe the least like they structured the time travel stuff really well. Mm-hmm. So that it, most of it tracked and almost all of it seemed really believable. Yeah. The only thing that didn't ring true to me is like at some point, um uh Terry, which is Alex Panovich's character, actually says, uh, hey, something screwed up, this guy, his face was bleeding before, it's not bleeding now, what's going on? And he essentially like starts to key in on the fact that like, it's, I don't know if he ever keys in that it's time travel, but he clearly knows something's going on.
1: Yeah. yeah. And
0: I'm like, man, I don't know, in the context of everything that's going on right then, I don't know that I'd buy that you're paying <laughs> enough attention and giving enough of a shit to care yeah. about the fact that he like wiped his face with a cloth between scenes. Yeah, um yeah. it and again it gave it interesting stakes and it 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 made him paranoid which served the rest of the plot so it it works but it yeah. was just one of those like the the way that they made him paranoid was i'm like ah, i don't know if i buy that like i don't know if i buy that this dumb guy is the is the one smart enough to figure out like yeah. got an evil twin somewhere you know yeah <laughs> um but uh uh, I will say it. What's what's funny is that Frank Cassini, who plays Sal, uh, the the less violent of the two betrayers. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I, I don't know what his relationship is to the guy because I can't see, but um, he is, oh he's the brother of John Cassini. So the guy who played his cousin in the movie is his brother in real life. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I thought was fun. Like, yeah. uh, just one of those those random little things. And he every single every single person in this has been in some big Vancouver production most of which I've written about extensively he was in Watchmen yeah he was Sally Jupiter's husband which actually fuck as soon as you say that like I can hear like that scene where he's ranting at her and like the kids watching from on the corner yeah like I can totally hear the voice yeah (laughs) Um, but but yeah so I I thought that uh, the time travel mechanics were handled really well I thought that very very infrequently in the movie did people act totally out of like one of the biggest things in a movie like this, when you have like these big stakes and these big things going on is like people who then act really against their own interest Mm -hmm. uh, to move the plot along. And I felt like they, they did a really good job of structuring this story in such a way that I don't feel like anybody ever acts against their own interest. I do think that there's points where people do things that are a little bit inexplicable uh, just in the sense that like, I don't know that I would do that or that I would believe somebody would do that. But it's always in service of like what is their ultimate end game and so yeah. it's like you can kind of look past the little hiccups in in the logic because it's like no ultimately like end of the day like yeah sure if eventually saying fuck it and shooting somebody is going to do the job you know so that's what you do um but yeah i liked it a lot i uh it's funny i was like looking at the cast of this film i i can only remember like five or six people total because yeah. basically it's like you have the main players, which is six characters. You have Mm -hmm. James and Angela, the the heroes. You have the three organized crime guys. And then you have the adoptive father. Yeah. And I know there were some other people somewhere in the film, but like, I'm looking at this cast and there's like another 15 people. And I'm like, I don't know where any of these people were. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's, there's like four women listed. And I'm just like, I don't remember seeing a single woman on screen except for Magda. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, anyway, um, as we kind of started with, I I don't, I don't know that there's much else to say that doesn't get into super spoiler territory, but like, I thought it was a really well done movie. Um,
1: Other than I should say, Nick Offerman is not in the film. Um, Is he (laughs) listed? No, 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 no. The guy, the guy, when I, when I first saw the film, like Bill Marchant in, doesn't actually, if you look at him, like he actually looks like Orson Welles. Like I think he's playing that up. I think he's playing that up quite a bit in his, in his photos. Um, in his like uh, photos but he's headshots. like yeah. he's in full like Nick Offerman like beard and like kind of scruffiness yeah. and like in a sweater that like and then he's in a cabin and like literally the first like 30 seconds I'm like Nick Offerman's in this? Yeah. I'm like it doesn't really sound like him though and it, I mean it, it, it like sounds like a little bit like but like not totally um, and then I was just like oh no no it's not okay it's definitely not.
0: Is it and th-? looking looking at his uh looking at his resume again he's one of these guys who's been in a bunch of stuff you've probably seen him in a bunch of things um but within like a year he did two things that strike me as really funny because uh i'm a giant nerd uh he was in a movie in a tv movie called firestorm last stand at yellowstone Mm -hmm. and then shortly thereafter he played a character called professor stein on psych yeah and uh in dc comics um, there's a character called Firestorm and his alter ego is Professor Stein. Yeah. Uh, so that amuses me.
1: <laughs> that's a that's a pull.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just, and I, I almost wonder if it was intentional because I do know like they had a Comic-Con episode in the first season of Psych and then for a while yeah. after that, you'd have all these people who had like the same name as comic book, like mm-hmm. characters or creators and I was always like, did you do that on purpose? Because the Comic-Con episode had like 12 of them. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, and apparently uh, just before Psych, he was in a what I assume is a Mad Men parody called Plaid Men, uh, in which he voiced Roger Sterling. Nice. Uh, oh, it's it's a puppet. It's a puppet parody. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, now I want to watch that. Um, <laughs> that should have been the second half of our episode—is just talking <laughs> about Plaid <Platinum>. Men, uh, but. <laughs> I think that we probably have talked enough uh, about random other stuff on the side yeah. anyway. Um, maybe this week we can talk about uh, uh, Cradle Will Rock. I know that we talked a little bit about that the other day and I wanted to have a conversation about it because uh, Hamilton hit Disney And with people talking about like theater, uh, yeah. I wanted to be like, no, watch Cradle Will Rock. <laughs> and I said something nice about it on Twitter and uh, Tim Robbins responded. Uh, so that was fun
1: no don't make heroes out of uh, um, don't make heroes out of scumbags
0: <laughs> Yeah, instead use Orson Welles um, actually it's funny um, when I was looking online uh, I found uh, like a 10 minute it probably is on the DVD and I've just never found it um, mm-hmm. but there's like a 10 minute speech from Jack Hausman at age like 80 or whatever yeah. uh, talking about like the night that the first Cradle Rock production happened and one of the things that's interesting, because like, you, obviously, there's a lot of artistic license taken in Cradle. Um, one of the things he said is that they they basically flaunted the union rules because the union said they couldn't appear on stage. And so when you see them in the film and they are on stage towards the end, that never happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because everything they did, they performed from the audience. Because um, yeah. they paid to get in and then perform from the audience. And they were just like, well, the union can't accuse us of being on stage. Cause we're in the audience and we paid to be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which then, you know, led to Hausman and Wells getting fired by the federal theater project. But that was going mean, to happen was, regardless. Yeah, <laughs> they um, also
1: did okay for themselves afterwards. Yeah,
0: so yeah. I not. think that, I think it was fine for them. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a so there's a like a ten minute video out there of Jack Hausman just like standing in a theater talking to camera about that night. It's kind of cool. Um, oh, that's cool. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap up?
1: Uh, no, other than I mean, I think that this is one of those films that's like really worth it, and I think that like especially um, especially for like I don't know like my mom like my mom and my aunt are both like really big like they they'll watch the mix of lifetime movies and also like bad sci-fi uh sci-fi as in sci-fi channel movies yeah yeah and like they'll watch those all the time and it's just like this is a better yeah (laughs) like this is this is something that if it was you know done really badly i think would be a a dead-on you know sci-fi film you just have to add some like lizards or something like that um like badly cg'd (laughs) (laughs) um but uh but like I yeah, I it's I I was surprised. Um the trailer I was like, Oh god, I feel like we've we've done films like this before yeah. that are a little bit like more high you know, like not maybe not high concept, but still, you know, kind of high concept like
0: yeah.
1: with the twist films or um I'm trying to remember which
0: I mean we did same boat, which was a time travel thing, like five. Well, I was ago. thinking
1: of the um one where you can you go into the other person's body the not being john malkovich oh, empathy ink empathy ink like which was good um but like within the context of the of what it was and everything like that um but like this was very about as close to like with it when it comes to indie films and things like that as close to like oh okay yeah no this would be a film that i'd potentially see in the theaters yeah. like without it being you know without being a review copy that we get signed and things like that like that those are kind of rare to me that i actually you know that that you actually were like oh this is actually a film i would see like yeah yeah i I mean and that's satanic panic was probably like the last one really that i think of that i'm like i i've actually since bought that as well like Mm -hmm. i would probably see that anyway
0: (laughs) yeah no and there's i mean we've had a handful of them but yeah it's it's it is definitely a thing where uh between ticket prices and blah, 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 blah. It really is like, no, there's, there's only a certain amount of like things that I will go see in theaters. And, and a lot of the time, if it's a movie that's clearly made for the smaller screen, I just can't bring myself to do it. Yeah. Uh, Whereas this, you're right. This movie falls into that category of like, I probably would never have watched it in a vacuum, but like, if I saw it, like if I saw the screener and was like, Oh, uh, it's playing, you know, 30 miles away at such and such a drive-in I probably would have done it yeah um unfortunately as far as I can tell that didn't happen it is uh it's out there for uh anybody who wants to watch it the the producers when I was talking to the to the uh, actor had told me like oh yeah the the theatrical release got scratched and so we're really focusing on Apple TV. Apple TV is apparently the preferred like platform that's I assume just the people who gave them the best deal because yeah, right. I didn't look at everybody yet, but I looked at voodoo and it is available for 1499 to buy on voodoo or three ninety nine to rent. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, if you have the money, I always feel like if there's an indie movie that's worth watching, just buy it. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, I, I would probably buy for, buy this DVD for 1499. I don't know that it will ever get a DVD release. Yeah. Um, so same that's I same thing with same boat i bought it like 15 minutes after we finished this the screener yeah. <laughs> yeah uh but uh but yeah so uh thanks for listening everybody uh this is like i said this is definitely a movie that's worth checking out it's not it's not amazing but i, I thought it was really well done i thought it was a, a movie that ha- has a lot of uh like creativity and, and it was well made and well acted. And so yeah. you just kind of get to that point where you're just like, you know, we're in, we're at this point where we haven't had like really good content available in a while. Like even the stuff that's been going direct to like Disney Plus and shit is yeah. primarily, um, primarily things where it's just like, oh, look, the, you know, Disney won't put Black Widow on Disney Plus, but they'll put the, uh, what was that kid's, action kids adventure fantasy movie that was garbage (laughs) um i don't know uh god it's not percy jackson it's the other one oh uh the owen culfer series yeah i don't
1: know i know what you're talking about but yeah
0: but yeah like that thing like they made it for 70 million dollars and it looked like it was going to be a disaster and so uh they dropped it on disney plus and it got terrible reviews and basically disappeared yeah. But it was like, hey, we put a big blockbuster that was supposed to be in theaters on Disney+. Plus.
1: <laughs> um, yeah,
0: yeah, again, yeah. Quiet yeah. doesn't even care. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so this is definitely worth checking out, especially in the context of like, we're in a place right now where just nobody's dropping anything kind of new and good. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm happy to have anything that's new and good.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially not with like high-res. I mean, because one of the irritating things like, is the twenty dollar rental thing, which yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I I don't blame completely for for you and everything like that, uh, but it still, it's just like to rent a film, like let me buy, just buy it for twenty bucks. Sure, I'll do that. Like yeah, one or even twenty five bucks. But like the hunt, was, like the hunt was great. Like I I would have, I still wouldn't have paid twenty dollars. Um, I would have paid, I still have an uncomfortability with paying $15 to see shit in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> like, because it wasn't that long ago that it was nine. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't that long ago that it was nine, but, um, I guess it was, was a long time ago that it was five. but, um, <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> um, but it is, it is like the, the fact that we're kind of like allowing these things to like continue to slowly go up is, is incredibly irritating but um but yeah 5 I, bucks for this yeah fucking like rent that shit
0: i have i have a thing too where my for me um i don't mind the the $20 rentals as much i do think that like part of my problem is i won't do it it doesn't mm-hmm. speak to my personal like needs or my style yep. of movie watching yeah um there was a movie and i cannot remember what i think it was scoob uh where they dropped it as a premium rental which is the $19 rental
1: yeah
0: but like it was Hey, you can premium rental for twenty bucks, or you can buy the thing outright for twenty five. Yeah. Uh, and whatever that thing was, I'm just like, I bought that immediately because I want to incur. Like, honestly, as somebody, and I know you and I differ on this a little bit. You like being in theaters more than I do, um, but I don't. I don't have the same like cult like devotion to the theatrical experience that a lot of filmmakers do, yeah. and so uh, for me, I'm just like, I, I like to go to theaters when the movie is something I'm very excited about and I want to yeah. see it on the big screen. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see more things go straight to home release because there's a lot of stuff where it's like, I feel like I have to see it for work, but there's, n- I have no interest in paying 30 bucks to sit there and listen to a crowd behind me, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously that's, you know, that's like, I, I, I still do this day. Like <laughs> I have tried to rewatch, um, my brain is not going well the the, the a quiet place yeah. um which great film um tried to watch a quiet place at home and it's not like the my i i got incredibly lucky and i saw that film i was the only person in the theater mm-hmm. um and literally just saw it by myself and it was fucking fantastic you know that and i tried to, to with watch steel. it Steel. what's that
0: so you know that happened to me with steel <laughs>
1: <laughs> shock i was shocked i was actually shocked with uh, a quiet place because it was a popular film yeah, yeah and it's still i think i saw it like two weeks after release but it was still like like wow even i saw it at great northern yeah. theater so it's not too surprising in that way but it's still it is one of those like like that was the ideal cinema watching yeah. experience for that film and i do think that like some films like i like seeing i like seeing the big blockbuster um like marvel dc films in a theater that actually has some people in it i think that's more of a enjoyable experience i mean now i don't think i want that but (laughs) it'll be a while before like maybe next year hopefully like that'll be more of an experience that i i I care about um but you know i mean there is i mean just like things like you know like i like, the, I've, I've rewatched, like, again, I've, just, like, t- I've talked about it before, but it was a uh, movie Rampage. I don't know why that's yeah. in my head right now. But, like, <laughs> I've watched that at home. It's it's not that good. No. no. <laughs> I love that film in the theater, though. I love the hell out of that film in the theater. Yeah. um And would, if it wasn't so much, go see it again. Totally go see it again. Yeah. The thing that I, like, do like, though, I've noticed on Vudu for a couple things is that they've started having, um, if you rent something, you get a discounted purchase rate which nice. is yeah, the nice. thing that I've only seen on like a random number of films. And I, it's very clearly yeah. just a promotional thing attached to like one or two. Right. Maybe some studios decided to do that, but like, Oh my God, especially as rent, rental prices are so high, like compared to what physical, again, physical, like we've talked about this yeah. a million times, but like a physical, like people complain about when, you know, movies were $4 at blockbuster for a night. And now that was a physical location with several employees some of which, you know, at health. I mean, just like this entire thing. And I, I get that consumers don't give a flying fuck about all of that. But
0: Ladybug, what's going on
1: now? It's digital, and it's the whole thing. Oh you know, now God. it's now no one like now you're not paying anyone to be employed other than the original programmer and the guy that uploaded the film, and it's like that's it.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we should anyway, wrap up partly because no. I just had to go answer the door, and the the my child is crying because I couldn't Uh-oh. get to the door fast enough. Oh no. So. Um, but thanks everybody for listening we will uh, be back by noon on the 5th day for more from Emerald City Video and always remember to rewind your uh, whatever kind of media this is